0: Good morning and welcome to worship this Sunday, January 17th with United Methodist Church Westlake Village with our online worship service. This service has been pre-recorded from our own homes this day, partly so that we could maintain the health of our tech team as a surge is taking place in our communities. We wanted to ensure the safety and the health of our congregation, those who have committed to bring worship to you. And we hope that you are doing your part to to limit the spread of the coronavirus at this time. Let us prepare our hearts for worship. Today in worship, we'll be looking at the first two of the Beatitudes, those blessed are statements and how they impact our lives and how we live into those truths. I hope that the music that was just shared offered you a moment of centering and let us receive this prayer. God of hope, be with us in this worship. Thank you for encouraging our hearts and strengthening our spirits with your promises. Help us to live your way as merciful, pure-hearted peacemakers who bring your kingdom to earth here and now. Show us who needs your hope today and lead us to share it. Amen. We shall overcome.
1: Come, we shall overcome someday, or deep in my heart, I do believe that we shall come. someday. The Lord is on our side. The Lord is Is on our side. Today. For deep.
2: In
1: my heart. I do. You do. We do. Believe that. The Lord is always on our side, today we shall live in peace, we shall live in peace, For deep, 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 dig deep in my heart. I do, I pray, I do believe that we shall live in peace someday 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 lord someday we shall live in peace soon.
0: Now's the time in our worship service where we invite the children to come close to their screens so that we can share a little bit with you and let you know how important you are to our faith community. So whether you're at a computer or a TV or a telephone, I hope that this time speaks directly to you kids. Did you just hear Miss Lois sing? Oh my goodness. She inspires me every time that she sings. Many of you know her from the time that you spent in the nursery uh, or the early ages at our church. She is a blessing to the children and she's blessing to so many of us. Do you know why she sang that song for us today? This is Martin Luther King Jr. weekend and tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. day. And she had the opportunity to meet Martin Luther King Jr. and it was a transformative experience for her. It's one that changed her life because this is a man who worked to make sure that everyone felt included in God's kingdom. Regardless of the color of our skin or who we are, we are all part of God's kingdom. Our Celebrate Wonder curriculum has been talking about what it means to include. And as Jesus began his ministry, he included some disciples to walk with him, to learn from him, and to grow. Just like Martin Luther King Jr. walked others to walk with him, to learn nonviolent action, and to learn how to seek freedom and justice while living into our Christian values at the same time. This is a great day and a great weekend for us, and I hope that as you heard the words of Miss Lois' song, that you feel inspired to find ways to continue to work to bring God's kingdom here on earth. Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Let's take time to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for loving us. Help us to share your love with others. And to work to bring about your kingdom. Amen.
2: Let us center ourselves and go to God in prayer. Holy God, hear the stirrings of our hearts and the yearnings of our spirits as we join with one another in prayer this morning. We need your touch made manifest to give us strength and courage, healing, and hope. We begin with confessing that there are times we have been less than you have wished, Saying words or doing deeds that reflect more our fallen nature than our higher one with you. Here are our prayers of confession. May your grace wash us clean and strengthen our resolve to walk better in your love hereafter. We ask your help in our lives with our many challenges from life in these pandemic times and in these times of social political turmoil. Help us embrace the noble ideals of our country and ethical imperatives of our faith guide us in these days ahead to be our better selves. We pray for those around us who are struggling with physical or mental health issues, with troubled relationships, uncertain employment, or other forms of disease and discomfort. Today, we think specifically of Elaine Fay's mother, sister, and brother-in-law all suffering from COVID. Kathy Goodspeed's daughter, Jennifer's family and husband, Carl, who has been diagnosed with cancer. Friends of the Jackson Lewis family who go through uh, a challenging life transition. Linda Northup, recovering from cancer surgery. Jerry McCray-Isaac, grieving the death of her daughter, Sherry. We think of these people and others who we lift up privately in our thoughts. Come into our lives, Lord God in a demonstrative way that helps these folks know your support, nurture, and healing. We pray for our church as it continues in its ministries through these times and ask your help in maintaining our effectiveness and vitality. May the good we do be pleasing in your sight. All this we pray in your Son's holy name, joining in the prayer he taught, our Father. Amen. Amen.
3: today is from Matthew chapter 5 verses 3 through 4. Blessed are the poor in spirit,
0: for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. join me in a moment of prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we greet you this day and give thanks for the ways in which your spirit moves us, invites us to journey with you, to sit down at your feet and to learn your message that overturns expectations and sets our world on its side so that we can let go of preconceived notions and embrace the truth that you invite us to understand so that we can build and become the community that you desire so richly for us. Help us at this time to find our quiet center so that we can hear the wisdom of your words and welcome your teaching this day. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our Rock and our Redeemer amen let me paint a picture for you jesus has been teaching and healing around the cities of uh, at the north side of the sea of galilee and he has seen and done a lot of healing he's brought sight to the blind healed the lepers and offered freedom from physical ailments but as he has spent time doing this healing he has noticed other pains and woes as well some have suggested that the sermon on the mount beginning with the beatitudes was an effort to offer healing to broken hearts and unsteady hope and so jesus went up on this mountain this place that was viewed as sacred and closer to God, so that he could impart some wisdom and some truth to those who were there to hear his teaching. And who exactly was there? We know that his disciples were there, but we're not sure how many disciples he had called just yet. Earlier in the passages, we know that he called four disciples— but we also know that he had 12 disciples in all that we hear about in scriptures later on. So whether it was those four that we hear in Matthew 4 or the the 12, they are there involved in taking in what Jesus has to say, as well as all of those people who were following them, who had heard the great work and the great deeds that he had done And said, we need to know and be close to this person. We need to sit at his feet. We need to find the healing that only this rabbi, this teacher, this prophet can offer to us. I imagine that if we were in today's society and we encountered someone like Jesus, instead of people just following behind him, which I truly think people would do, there would also be lots of hoopla on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook saying, you need to go here. You need to hear what this man is saying and see what this man is doing because amazing stuff is happening. And I feel closer to God because I have been in his presence. You come, listen, enjoy, take in, and appreciate all that has come. As Jesus sat down to teach, I think that he was trying to create a new community, a new family, setting the stage for his ministry. Amy Jill Levine, uh, who is an author of a wonderful book, thinks that he what he's doing is setting up a new family, like I said, or a new community. He is inviting people to consider, how do you live in this group? What would it look like to live in this new family where people actually did what the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes think that people should do? Where people actually are what the Sermon thinks people should be? Oh, I still look forward to that new community and can't wait to see how God is shaping us as we, too, sit at Jesus' feet over the next several weeks and learn the wisdom of the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. The disciples did not initially understand Jesus to be talking about himself as he was talking about the blessings of the Beatitude, they understood him to be talking about the human condition. Jesus did not need to bless himself, but people who are lost and least, mourning and meek, need to be assured that they are blessed. And that's what the disciples originally thought they were doing, or Jesus was doing. Some scholars now say that Jesus was basically giving his autobiography and telling or setting the stage for what was to come in his life. But I think that it's probably a both-and situation. Jesus was setting the stage, and Jesus was offering the healing for those who came forward to hear his words and to embrace his teachings. Now, the B attitudes we had Jack read two of them for us this morning, and you'll have noticed that they start with, Blessed are... It's interesting because there's nine of them in this section, and we could stumble and question what does it mean by that statement, blessed are. Illustrated Ministry, which is a resource that I go to quite often, states that to be blessed meant to be happy or satisfied. They say that people often thought being happy or content was a result of their situation, or how life was going for them. Jesus has turned turned what the community thought and often what we continue to think upside down. In each of these verses, Jesus names a group of people who we wouldn't usually think of as happy or content, and then offers them a promise of healing and hope right now, not just in the future. We use in the New Revised Standard Version the translation blessed, and you'll hear in a second what Amy Jill Levine feels about that, but there's many ways that you can translate the word that is used there, and happy is one of those ones that could be used. St. Jerome used that translation, and if you read the common English Bible, you will notice that happy is the word that is used there as well. There are many translation possibilities for that word, as I said. We can read the Beatitudes as indicating blessed are, happy are, fortunate are, or praiseworthy are. Levine stays with the traditional blessed because it has a sense of divine involvement. And because she finds it offensive to say that to someone who is mourning, you should be happy or congratulations. When we hear that we are blessed, we should hear as well a sense of responsibility. That a blessing has been given, a talent bestowed. If unappreciated and unused, it is wasted. We're looking at two specific texts today. The first one is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Now, who exactly are the poor in spirit? Those who are discouraged? Those that feel defeated? Those that are weak in faith? If you have a different definition, feel free to message me or let me know. But hear what Levine has to say. Despite the popular view that poor in spirit means weak in faith, that is not what Matthew's phrase means. Nor does it mean simply not being conceited or prideful. Poor in spirit is in part a synonym for the people who have enough humility that they do not operate from a sense of pride. The poor in spirit are those who recognize that they are both the beneficiaries of help from others and part of a system in which they are to pay it forward and help those whom they can. Levine says that poor in spirit are those who do not sit around saying, look at what I've accomplished or worse, feel resentful because they have not received what they consider sufficient honor. The poor in spirit know that They did the right thing. They know God knows, and that's sufficient recognition indeed. Levine knows a Baptist minister in Brentwood, Tennessee, whose name is Mike Glenn, and he speaks of the poor in spirit as those who recognize the gap between what we have and what we should have. We may have a bank account, but we may not have compassion, generosity, or love we may have a watertight home health care and a car that works but we may also have neighbors who struggle with paying the rent putting food on the table or getting to work the poor in spirit are those who see what many don't and they are blessed because they have this vision and because the vision compels them to act mind the gap says pastor mike if we think of the poor in spirit as those who recognize their dependence on others and others' dependent on, dependence on them, then we can already see how they are blessed. Levine says that a modern analogy, or for a modern analogy, the poor in spirit are those who are aware of their own privilege and because they are aware, work to help others who do not have the same benefits. We who have privilege have the privilege of attending schools with up-to-date materials and motivated teachers might help others who lack such resources. We who have benefited from the social status of our families, our appearance, our contacts, networking, and luck are blessed with what we, when we recognize that no matter our own drive, we did not achieve everything on our own. When Jesus tells his disciple blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven he is speaking not just for the few around him on the galilean mountainside but across generations theirs is the kingdom of heaven present tense poor in spirit do, the poor in spirit don't have to wait until reaching the pearly gates they already have one foot in the heavenly kingdom today right now oh how blessed we are that the heavenly kingdom is tangible and available for us to now for us now and not just later the second verse that we're looking at is blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted We live in a world that is embracing tears a bit more, but there can still be stigma around it. Allowing ourselves to grieve is a direct path to find the comfort that we need. Acknowledging our emotions and embracing them and giving ourselves the time to experience them fully is what we need to receive the comfort. Levine says, in part, those who mourn are blessed because not everyone can mourn. To mourn is to say, I loved this person and I desperately miss this person. A heart that knows how to love is a heart that knows how to grieve. And a heart that knows how to grieve is a heart that knows how to love. Love is a great gift. And our grief is just a sign of that that gift that we've had. In mourning, we need to take the time to honor those feelings, to sit with those feelings and to embrace them. We have to offer memories and story and presence to those that are in the process of grieving or in mourning as we do in our own experience. Levine says that, One of the best blessings that she had as she lost her father were the people who came up and said to her, may his blessing or may his memory be for a blessing. And that invited Levine to carry on his legacy in her. As we allow the memories of our loved ones be a blessing for us, we are blessed and we are comforted in knowing that their memory does live on we remember in our morning that we are not alone that we not only have our friends and our relatives but we also have Generations of ancestors of those that came before us and those who will come after us, who will continue on in that legacy of sharing the story and being impacted by that loved one. The truth is that we can mourn many things. We can mourn the death of a loved one, but we also mourn much else. Levine gives the list of the abused child, the victim of the latest terrorist attack, the veterans who gave their lives in defense for our country. But our mourning can go beyond that as, or go to other things as well. We mourn the almost 40,000 people that we've lost from the coronavirus in the United States. We mourn the over 2 million people worldwide who we've lost to the coronavirus. This pandemic has been hard and we've had much mourning, but I hope that in the midst of the mourning, you have seen the ways that we've been provided comfort as well. We mourn the civil divide and unrest in our nation and the gap between what is and what should be. When we think of that story of Pastor Mark or Mike inviting us to mind the gap, to see the difference between what is and what can be as people who are poor in spirit, we also mourn and grieve in that awareness, knowing that we can do better, that we should do better, and that we should be working to build the kingdom right here. Where will we find comfort? Hopefully we will find comfort in the fact that we care, because not everyone does. But hopefully in the caring, we are motivated to do more, to be more, to live into that community that Jesus hoped for us and that sat as he sat down to teach us about it. Levine tells this great story, and I'm going to try to share it with you to the best of my ability. She says as a teacher, she imagines that Jesus was thinking as he began his Sermon on the Mount what she thinks at the beginning of all of her classes that she teaches. Please folks pay attention. Don't screw this up. If you don't understand something, ask my reputation is on the line here. Sometimes teachers don't know the impact that they have on their students. Levine tells the story of being invited to be a guest preacher at a large Methodist church uh and that was being led by a former student of hers in the phd program as the student had picked her up from the airport and was driving her to her to her hotel the student said to levine you know for a while i really hated you and levine was concentrating on this person who was speaking to her as this individual was focusing on the road. Because sometimes when we say things that are really serious, we don't want to look people in the eyes, but we're going to look dead ahead and make sure that we're focusing on something else. And Levine thought to herself, I'm going to be silent for just a little bit longer because I want to hear what she has to say. And eventually her former student, and now the person who has invited her to speak said, you pushed me. And then she smiled. Levine acknowledged that she did push her student. She was good, or her good was already great, as Levine said. She could preach the roof off of the church. She could find nuances in the text that escaped the most brilliant of exegetes. But Levine had the feeling and the impression that she could do so much more. So she showed her how. She would give her an A on a paper, but then still ask those thought-provoking questions, encouraging her to go forward, to go further, to go deeper, to think about nuances that she had not considered yet. Levine told this story because she says she takes her cues from Jesus. He's working already with the disciples as they're sitting there on the mountain, listening to the Beatitudes and to the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. He wants them to take the next steps. He already has them as disciples who have climbed up, who have followed him up, possibly treacherous terrain to get to where they are. He wanted the disciples good to be even better, just like Jesus wants our good to be even better. Oh, may we be poor in spirit, but may we see how the kingdom is at hand. As we mourn some of the realities of our world, may we be comforted, and not just comforted, but motivated and encouraged to move forward, to move further in faith, to build the kingdom that God desired, and to establish that community that Jesus was trying to set forth in the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. We are invited to take the message, to go down the mountain, out into our world, and to step into the kingdom of heaven. Our job as listeners is to study, to ask our own questions, to go further, to seek, and to build the kingdom. Amen.
2: You are invited to share your resources via the instructions that will appear momentarily on the screen to help support the ministries of Christ that happen through our congregation. Your generosity is needed to keep us going. I want to share with our congregants that our pledge campaign to underwrite those ministries for budget year 2021 was short of our needs and will lead to a change in our clergy staffing unless further funds are pledged. You will hear more on this situation this upcoming week, friends, yet let me underscore now the importance of everyone's generosity at maintaining and empowering our ministries and encourage everyone to prayerfully consider their level of financial stewardship to our ministries. May God bless you as we go forward making a way in ministry with God in these most challenging of times.
0: in love, nurtured in love, go forth in love, confident that the God who created you in love, the Christ who meets you with love, and the Holy Spirit who infuses you and encourages you to love goes with you each and every day on the journey so that you can help to build God's kingdom and be part of God's beloved community. Amen
3: the loving Christ now